Just in that first reading, quickly, the devil is real. It's clear in the scriptures, it's clear in the teachings of the church, in the tradition of the church. If anyone ever tries to convince you otherwise, ignore them. They're not a trustful source. And John is clear in that first reading that the devil is real. And then this beautiful passage from St. John, chapter 1, continuing from what we had yesterday, where he first pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And this beautiful discovery of John and Andrew, these two disciples of John the Baptist, who so willingly left St. John the Baptist to follow Jesus. We can assume that they had left everything to follow John the Baptist. So how detached must their hearts have been in this desirous pursuit of the fullness of truth, being willing to leave behind what was comfortable to follow the one that they had their hopes set upon. And perhaps there was more to the conversation than what's recorded, but what's recorded is just so simple. John the Baptist didn't even say, there he is, go follow him. He just simply pointed to him, behold, behold the Lamb of God. And they went and they followed him. As we read, they were following from a distance. How often do we? When we get a glimpse of Jesus, we turn towards him, but we are reluctant to go all the way. We follow from a distance. And Jesus' response was that he turned to them and he opened the conversation. So everything that happens in the rest of the lives of these two men is in a response to what Jesus said to them. Everything that happens in our life as a disciple of Jesus Christ is in response to what Christ has done for us first. Through the waters of baptism, through the instructions of the faith, through our experience of the love of God, Christ is working first, and we simply respond. He didn't ask a grand question, a simple question. What are you looking for? St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O Lord. We see this restlessness in these two disciples, John and Andrew. It's a great preparation for us, our celebration this weekend for the epiphany. That restlessness that always, if, if attended to well, that restlessness will always bring us to Jesus. What are you looking for? And again, their answer wasn't perfect. Their answer doesn't even really make any sense. Sometimes our initial initial response to Jesus may be incomplete or senseless, doesn't seem to follow. Jesus didn't correct them, didn't berate them. He responded to their response with an invitation. Well, come and see. Come and see. And this is always the invitation of Jesus, beckoning each one of us to come and to see. And they stayed with him. 
And sometimes that's where we lack, where we fail, is that we fail to stay with him. When we don't get the initial answer that we had hoped for, when things don't go exactly the way that we had planned, we don't stay, we move away. But they stayed with him. And then they went to tell others. Andrew was the first to discover Jesus. And he went to tell his brother, we have found the one we've been looking for. We have found the Messiah. This missionary impulse. That should be the natural response for each of us as we encounter Jesus. But those in our family, those in our, fa- in our friend group, those in our surroundings who also are desperately and restlessly looking for something, when we find him, we should be the first one to share. We have found the one that we've been looking for. And then we give that same invitation, come and see. We don't know the exact dating of this letter, but John may be writing 50 years after the death of Jesus. And these great details that he translates three words, it's all in English for us, but he was writing in a different language and the original conversation took place, but it was so real that he gave the original dialogue, the original language, because it was so rich. He remembered the time. It was four in the afternoon. It doesn't really matter what time it was, but for him, it was such a rich and real experience, he didn't want to leave out any detail. I'm sure we've all told stories before where the person listening to us is like, come on, get with the story. I don't care about all these details. But the person telling the story is so enraptured with the reality of what they're trying to communicate, there is nothing unimportant. So all these years later, this encounter was so real for John that he didn't want to leave anything out. This is the reality of the encounter with Jesus that's available for each one of you. This is the reality of the encounter that changed Elizabeth Ann Seton's life. Mother Seton, who we celebrate today, born a very noble, wealthy, very rich Protestant family in the United States, married at the age of 19, had Five children in 10 years. Her husband got sick, and so they went to Europe to try to get some treatment. He died while they were there. But while they were there, she was befriended by a family who loved Our Lady, who loved the Blessed Sacrament. And through their witness, Through their sharing of the one that they had found, she found the one that she was looking for. And she returned to America and within a year had become Catholic and was ostracized by her family and friends. Because if we don't remember, America was and still is very anti-Catholic. They rejected her. But she opened a school so she could educate her children the beginning of the parochial school system falls with Mother Seton. 
She founded a religious community. Her heart was so inflamed with love that there was nothing that wasn't possible for her. Because she said yes to the invitation to come and see, her life has changed the lives of countless thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And here we are today, all these years later, honoring her memory because she said yes to the invitation. This is the life of a, of a disciple. To first be aware of our restlessness, of our yearning, of our seeking, and being so detached from the John the Baptist who we were first following, from our, our family traditions of Mother Seton, to leave it all behind for the one thing, the only thing that matters. Learn your story so you can tell your story, that you can share with everyone that you meet that you have found the one, you have found the Messiah, the one that you've been looking for.